this is a, a, a quote that I think I've said on the podcast before, is that losers think that winners never lose. Meanwhile, winners are losing more than losers even tried. Self-awareness is one thing, but being able to analyze and assess the people around you, where you can delegate and take some of that stuff off of your shoulders and where you might need to piggyback. Some of the best leaders I know just do that better than most people. That's a, a major step is that if you want to empower others, you have to give them the freedom to fail, to make mistakes for, you know, for those things to happen. And that, that's the first step I think there, Bo, is that you actually actually give them power and that's the power to make mistakes. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners. We are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Baseball Cloud, professional data for the amateur player. Baseball Cloud allows players from all over the country to consolidate data from their performance into a centralized location. This allows players, coaches, and scouts to effectively track, compare, and view a player's results through the use of graphs and a, and a multitude of other visual analysis tools within seconds. Learn more about their software at BaseballCloud.com and follow them on social media at BaseballCloudUS. Make sure to check out our website at thesystem.farm. Here you'll find our free membership that gives you full access to the 300 plus resources we've, we've compiled in one spot for you. We have a multitude of different sections including drill videos, practice plans, discount codes, job listings, unsigned players, and so much more. Our premium membership gives you full access to travel ball team rankings, player rankings, chat boards, as well as other features that we'll be releasing in the coming months. You'll also be able to purchase the farm board and receive instant access to over 25 educational drill videos to help your players move better. Check that out today at thesystem.farm. On this episode, you guys get a great one. We actually uh, you know, lounging around here in the, in the jacuzzi at the house. You have to relax while we knock out the podcast. So this will be an interesting one for you guys. Um, if you're a first-time listener, we love you. Keep time with us. Um, understand that, again, we like to keep it lax, but also too informative. So on this episode, we're going to dive into how to lead when you don't feel like it. And that's coming at you right now. Don't leave that dugout. We got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now welcome back to another episode of the farm unfiltered fellas 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 we're coming at you live with episode 94 of the farm system podcast i'm your co-host bo callis and as always i'm joined by the man with the haircuts mr joey cunha himself uh guys joey and i have been working very hard working our tails off for you putting some stuff together been working so hard we're actually recording this podcast in the hot tub baby <laughs> hot tub. via the hot tub time machine hot tub time machine baby podcast this is a first but i'm kind of enjoying this we might have to do this more often but i'm serious absolutely um we're getting close to having that stuff dialed in we got some big announcements coming to you shortly and saying that we missed you guys uh joy why don't you open up a little bit about what we'll be diving into uh for this episode with the pun intended 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and when, first off, just so you guys know that Bo was serious with that, we, we literally are in a hot tub right now as we're recording. So this is classic. I'm uh, just trying to kill two birds with one snow, the relaxation and also get the podcast knocked out. So um, on this episode, we're going to kind of talk through um, how to lead when you don't feel like it, right? Because that's the real reality is that um, I think too often, Bo, um, one of the things I remember talking to some of our uh, team members when I used to work with uh, Planet Fitness, I remember one of the guys used to say to me, you know, uh, I'm not like you. When I wake up every day, I'm not pumped up and I want to, you know, want to be here and I love what I do and all those other things. And, um, you know, obviously that's a, a mindset that, you know, it's, it's awesome that he perceived me that way, but that's just not the reality, right? And yeah. that's not the reality for coaches. Um, every day you're not pumped up. Every day you're not jazzed. Every day you're not ready to rock. And even though that's a great, you know, mindset, I guess you would so to have and you aspire to be, that's just not reality, right? Like there's days that are tougher than others. There's seasons for all of us, right? There's some seasons that we're more energized than others. And there's, you know, times when we just frankly don't feel like doing it. So, um, yeah, we're going to kind of dive into that and look through, um, and talk through some of those aspects and, you know, some tips we got for that as well. Yeah. Start the show off. Um, I remember when we had Brian Conger on the show at the time he was at Tarleton state. And I remember him talking about, we asked him that question on the podcast and he said, his door is like a veil. Like as soon as he goes out the door, no matter how he's feeling, he knows he at least has to fake it. <laughs> Which that's a we'll talk about that later. Ty- talking about that later, but um, it's kind of our duty as coaches to uh, make sure we're at least wearing the hat, even if we don't feel like it. So, uh, I guess my first question to you, Joey. Um, you know, I, I know you take great pride in your leadership and, and empowering those around you. You know, if, if if we're implying the word leadership, we're assuming that we're uh, leading. Somebody in some sort. So yeah. um, when we get the show started off, why don't you open up some empowerment um, and how you went about empowering some of your subordinates or me- maybe people that were working horizontal to you um, and kind of get them to wear some of that burden that you might be feeling in certain ways. Yeah, I know. I think this is a tough one. I mean, first off, um, I definitely would agree that I take pride in leadership, but I think also with that being said, I fail like anybody else. You know, I, I make a lot of uh, miss, uh, you know, I, I fail on a daily basis of things that I could do better. And, um, you know, there's not every day again, I'm, I'm not pumped up every single day. I'm not energized every single day. I'm not ready to execute every single day. Right. Um, there's a lot of things that there's, there's a process to a lot of those things, you know? Um, so when we continue to like, to kind of dive into this, it's just understanding, you know, the importance of that, I think in leadership, right. That it is important if you're leading the way, I think, I think, you know, the start there, Bo, is that, we're all leaders in some capacity, yeah. right? Um, you know, maybe some of bigger groups, some bigger areas, maybe bigger arenas, sure. But, you know, you don't need to be president of the United States to be a leader, yeah. right? Or you don't need to be a team captain to be a leader, right? Or you don't need to be the head coach to be a leader, right? I think one thing that we lack um, more so is that we don't have enough leaders, yeah. right? There's not enough people taking charge or stepping in and wanting to step up. And it doesn't mean that we need a whole bunch of chiefs, yeah. right? But it's just understanding that all of us at some point lead in some area of our lives. And if we had more people stepping up and then taking that in uh, that ownership of leadership, I think that that uh, ownership of leadership, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if that happened more often, I think that um, you know we'd have a lot of things that would go smoother possibly, right? Um, and I think also um, we'd have a different, you know, we'd, we'd really change um, society in a lot of great ways as well, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that that's kind of like what we're going to talk through is understanding that is I think the first step of that of 
becoming a leader is understanding, and, and this is a, a, a quote that I think I've said on the podcast before, is that losers think that winners never lose. Meanwhile, winners are losing more than losers even tried, Yeah. right? So that's the same thing with leadership. People think that um, leaders, again, are always energized, that they're always ready, that they're always uh, you know uh, pumped up and have this good attitude and all these other things, right? Um, and that's just not reality. And we want to kind of talk through um, that other side of it. Um, that a lot of people don't talk through too often. They always talk through the sunny side and the you know yeah. shiny side for sure. Yeah, and I think just to piggyback off you a little bit there, I think the greatest leaders are just the most aware of themselves, but also the people around them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that self awareness is one thing, but being able to analyze and assess the people around you, um, where you can delegate and take some of that stuff off of your shoulders, and where you might need to piggyback. Um, some of the best leaders I know just do that better than most people. Um, so I, I think a large, a large part of that is developing and, and continual development, which I know uh, we've done some stuff at 108, and obviously you have with the Maxwell stuff and with the leadership up uh, to this point in your career. This next question, people who really know you aren't surprised by this, but <laughs> you love to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, You're a question asker, which is important. People that are constantly looking for knowledge and looking to continue to develop, ask the best questions. So mm-hmm. if you have somebody that's listening in and maybe is lost in putting their thoughts and words together into figuring out what exactly that looks like. Yeah. So I think one of the greatest things that you can do is when you feel stuck as a leader, or again, um, you don't feel like leading, right? Um, and, you know, what do you do then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest motivations, one of the greatest uh, ways, and I think this is another Maxwell principle, or I think he has a book on this, right, is, you know, the greatest leaders ask the greatest questions, yep. right? And and he talks about how uh, great questions are the key, right? Mm-hmm. Th- those are the key to the next steps that we need to take. So a lot of times, you know, um, when you're stuck in that rut, right, or you don't know where to even begin, I think one of the greatest places to begin is by asking questions, right? And that's from, you know, anybody and everybody, right? And you got to remember too, you got to remember and you got to be mindful of what questions you're asking of who, right? Sometimes they're, you know, it's not the right, they're not the right person to answer those questions, right? And so, you know, you got to be very mindful of who, what questions you're asking to who, but it is very important that I think you get perspectives from all around from different lenses, right? It's very important. And I think that that can, um, really put you in a spot to get you out of that rut and give you some different ideals of how, you know, maybe uh, it's like that old, um, that old quote by, I think it's by Einstein, right? That the same mind that created the problem can't, can't find the solution. Yep. Right. And that doesn't mean necessarily, uh, I, a lot of people interpret that as they need to go find another mind, but I also think that's yourself, right? As your, your mind transitions and, and goes to a different place, it can now see things from different perspectives that previously it couldn't find answers to. Right. But, a large part with that is either that answer could come from somebody else, right? Or it can come from you asking questions from other people that could lead you to another uh, mindset as well that can help you solve some of those issues that you're having, maybe that rut that you're in and maybe kind of explore your brain on that side. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, what are, is that something you would agree with too as well? Is that something that it's like you can see that it kind of maybe helped you in the past or something, Bo? 100%. I mean, I think, I think it's more important than I had down in the notes like, if you're stuck in a rut within your field of expertise and you're like considered a leader, yep. I like to look outward into different professions, into different um, things, because sometimes we get lost. Yeah. 
um, we get down rabbit holes and we don't know where to go. So yeah, you get too far down a branch of a tree. Um, a lot of time, a lot of the, the stuff that I refer back to is like general leadership principles and finding my way, finding my way back out, uh, more to like an even keel ground. Um, I put down, it's important to assess like what that rut is, you know, is it, is it internal? Yeah. Very important. Is, is it something you're fighting inside of you or is yeah. it situational? Yeah. Um, one thing that kind of helps me with this is like, you know, the psychologist in me, <laughs> um, a concept that helps me with this is like seasonal depression versus general depression, right? Is there an underlying problem with you or is it just something that you're going through? Right. Yeah. I think that's the first thing that you have to take that next step in leadership is like, do you need to work on yourself or do you just need to take a step back and change something going on around you? Um, which sounds like the same, but it's not. So for sure. Um, I definitely think by taking a step back, analyzing it more from a macro macro view um, and letting some of those uh, uh, those micro things go, I, I think that's definitely valuable. And I also think that leads us into the next step of like, when you're running down the wrong tree branches, we begin to notice split off in different routes and different things that cause us to be distracted. And we start to lose scope of what we're actually set out to do from the first place. So yeah. when, we, when we get in those um, moments, Joey, and we're kind of chasing our tail, it seems like, what are some things that you've done along the way to kind of limit some of those, uh, you know, those those distractions? Yeah, so the, I mean, one of the big things with uh, the distractions, right, when we look that way, is that when we already don't feel like doing something, when we have distractions around us, that just makes it worse, right? It's almost like, you guys remember, I guess maybe something I relate to is like, you know, you got to remember back to those college days or high school days or whatever, right, that you have an essay due and you really don't want to do it, yeah. right? And then there's you know, whatever that would be for you, video games, a book, a movie, friends, yeah. right? All these distractions around you, you already don't want to do it. Yeah. Then you add distractions around you. Um, obviously, that just makes it worse, yeah. right? So I think that that's a, a big thing is also, you know, um, creating clarity, right, of what you need to get done and also giving you, you know, the inspiration to kind of get things going, right? So by removing some of those distractions, and that could come in a lot of different forms, especially in leadership, right? That could be you know, uh, people around you, your environment, um, the setting, right? Maybe it's music, maybe it's, you know, whatever, you know, th those things might be. Um, I know, for example, um, one thing that uh, Bill Gates does, right? If you guys watch that documentary on him on Netflix is he takes a week every single year. He goes to a um, private little like one bedroom um, on the side of a lake, mm -hmm. right? And he reads a whole bunch of books and just brainstorms and then comes back ready to go again so he can find that clarity because it's so busy yeah. in his head and his life. Yep. Um, so he needs even gets away from his family. A family can also be a distraction, right? Yep. It can bring you, um, you know, you can have a loss of clarity um, just being around some of those distractions in your life. So um, I think that's a big thing too as well is that how to lead when you don't feel like it, right? Is that sometimes you just need some clarity on what the next steps are or where to start or, you know, again, to have some of those. Um, I think one of the, 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 the big things as well, and we'll, you know, kind of pull in the religious side of this. If, again, don't take this as religious. If you're not religious, that's fine. Just take the meat and leave the bones, right? Yep. But one of the things that it mentions uh, a lot of times in the, in the Bible as well is that, you know, for us to be quiet. Right. For us to be quiet so that we can hear him speak. Yeah. Right. And for uh, you could take that as, again, if you're not religious, then just, again, um, eliminating those distractions and quieting your mind so that you're you allow for some of those other thoughts to have a chance to uh, come to fruition or again to uh, become more clear in your brain. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, I think that's a big thing there um, is that, again, when we eliminate some of those distractions, it can give us some clarity. It can make us, you know, hear, hear some of the voices there, right, um, and understand maybe some better direction of where we need to go um, in that state. Yeah. No, you make a good point there. And I think that I think a big piece of that and tying all this together is that, like, sounds easier said than done, but as a leader, you're, you're held accountable for other people. And so being aware and seeing the bigger picture and, and limiting those distractions is kind of, it's a need. I mean, I don't know. Some people might say that's what we're doing right now, sitting in the hot tub, changing up the scenery. <laughs> but um, I, I do think that's important, especially um, around this time of year for coaches going home, resetting. Uh, I think this is a valuable time to do that. Um, take some time for yourself. Take some time and make sure you guys get it dialed in um, uh, moving forward. And Joey, when, one thing that uh, I also know you take great pride in is um, connecting with other people and mentoring from afar. Yeah. Um, I know you have several of those kind of people in your life that have helped you speed up the process to get to where you are in a very short time frame, um, yeah. which a lot of people don't have that luxury or oh, they just don't realize uh, that that's pretty feasible in today's world, especially with the way social media and, and coaches are willing to network. So um, how, how would you advise or what's your advice for people that may be looking for somebody like that and to connect with uh different leaders in the game yeah so that's also another great way right if um how to lead when you don't feel like it. another way of getting inspiration is pulling from leaders that you know people that mentors for example right uh that's a great one great thing just like that that employee was telling me at the time um was that i always came with energy I always came like I was ready to go. I was always ready to execute, right? That inspired him to, to work more and he just didn't feel like that, right? Well, that's the exact same thing, you know, as a leader. I don't always feel like that. And sometimes I need to be around, um, you know, just watching, uh, I think his last name is uh, Conley. I think it's, uh, if I, sorry, if I, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it right now on, on uh, it was a TED Talk. He actually followed me on uh, Twitter just a little while ago and I, I watched his, his uh, TED talk and he was talking through again, even a sheepdog sometimes needs a sheepdog. And again, if you haven't, you don't understand that analogy, go and listen to his talk. It was, it was really good. Right. But just understanding that again, even leaders, right. Need leaders. Yeah. Right. And so a big part of, I would say a large 80%, I think of, of a success that I've had um, is definitely from having those mentors in my life and attaching myself uh, to people that knew a lot more than I did. And I just, you know, uh, pulling from and standing on their shoulders, right? Yeah. So for example, again, just that process on a lot of these things, you'll be amazed um, how many people that if you just reached out, like Bo saying on social media, you send an email, um, you can, you know, especially in baseball, you're usually of like one degree of separation from somebody that, you know, somebody that knows somebody and, you know, they can get you connected and, you know, for example, I mean, there's there's guys that write me all the time, and I get them connected with someone that they would love, they really love to get connected with or learn from. Um, and yeah, that's I mean, that's it's a, it's amazing. There's guys like you know Bobby Tewksbury, which we had on the podcast a while back ago. Like he's been a you know huge mentor in my life, um, and he mentored me from afar from a large period of time from his his books, from our interactions through you know emails and you know all those things back in the day, um, you know, he, he really helped from that side of things. And so it, it really just started with a direct message. It started with an email of, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I would love, you know, in any capacity. I mean, for, for well, we've also talked about this, you know, there's a lot of times too where you got to come in with an act of service, right? And say, hey, look, 
I just want to hang out. I'll do whatever it takes. Do I need to catch bullpens? Do I need to come work for free? Yeah. Do, you know, I just want to be a fly on the wall. You know, you can't always come out with your hand open as well, right? That I just want to consume and not contribute with, without a contribution, right? So that's a big thing. I think that um, a lot of people have allowed me to pull from them is because I came to contribute in some way and not always in the largest capacities, but again, just helping in any way I could. So that again, that they therefore helped me tenfold on the backside, 100%. Um, you know, and that, that was big for me for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think people that are, that are true leaders, a lot of times they don't even understand that they're leading. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you might, I remember as a young kid going into the Academy and, and being around Bob Kyes and then Chase Etley was in there and a lot of those, you know, guys, big leaguers that he was training. And in the moment to them, it was probably just like, you know, I'm sitting in the room. Well, at yeah. the time, they're molding 100%. me and mentoring me in the moment. Um, and so I think as coaches, it is important for us to reach out to mentors, but it's also important to mentor down the line. Yeah. Um, because a true system and a true leader develops leaders within the system, right? Agreed. If we're, uh, if we're the only ones leading the system that we are building, then you're going to have to be the leader for forever. Yeah. Where if you can empower those guys below you and mentor those guys below you to build their own systems within your system, well, at that point, then you just have a leadership machine going. Yeah. So um, I think that's important to talk about when we talk about mentorship. That, I think that well. walks that walks into the, the the spider web of the empowering others. Yeah. You know as well. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you kind of open that up and then we'll kind of bounce. Yeah. I mean, I think that which we talk through weekly at 108 is the ability to duplicate and to truly scale a system is to empower even the lower level employees. Um, you can't have leadership without empowerment and you can't empower unless you have leaders to empower. Right. A lot of times when you're trying to communicate with other people in a leadership style and they're not quite there yet, they might take that the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So I think that starts by building the foundation. Um, and also a lot of that comes with getting the right people just in your system 100%. in general. Um, cause let's be honest, not everybody is meant to be a leader. N yeah. I mean, every company needs employees and every company needs management, right? Yeah. So depending on where you are and what your goal is, um, I think it's important to make time, however little amount of time you may have to at least show those guys that you care, uh, especially when you're trying to create buy-in, um, on a larger scale. But how do you think, especially in baseball is head coaches because as a lot of people know, they're very short stops, especially in college for assistant coaches. Yeah. People are starting to funnel out pretty consistently and you can kind of target those programs that are leading, creating leaders very quickly because they have higher, I guess if you want to call it turnover, um, manufacturing coaches out quicker. What are some traits or some attributes that you see um, from those kind of development machines? Yeah, no, I think this is big. I mean, first off, you know, we got to kind of circle back on like empowerment and what that really is. Mm. Right. So I would kind of bounce off of the statement that you said earlier. Um, I think that everybody has the capacity to be a leader in some way. Yeah. Now, everybody has different levels of capacity. Right. Maybe somebody can be an older brother. Right. Maybe somebody could be, you know, a father. Maybe someone could be, you know, in charge of, you know, two people, three people directly reporting, you know, I, I had a hundred employees. And again, I, I, you know, again, there's people that can have thousands of employees and, yep. you know, like tens of thousands of employees, right. It just depends on, on that, you know, breakdown. Right. So I think that's the big thing. Um, 
I think that's the big thing there is like when we, we dive into a lot of those things, it's just understanding that quite possibly that when we look at empowerment, that empowerment first off means that we have to actually give somebody power, right? If we don't actually give somebody power, then we're not empowering them, right? So that's a, a major step is that if you want to empower others, you have to give them the freedom to fail, to make mistakes for, you know, for those things to happen. And that, that's the first step I think there, Bo, is that you actually actually give them power and that's the power to make mistakes. Yep. What if there's companies that are in the position where they can't afford to have certain people fail? Just the limitations of, I don't know, budgets or, you know, let's say you only have two coaches on a staff and you can't necessarily take that kind of stuff and they're handcuffed in a way. Um, how can you still manage to do that on a smaller scale? Yeah, no, that's a really great point. So I think, um, again, what you do from there, I think everybody has the ability, no matter what staff, no matter what size, no matter what capacity, that you can give them freedom to fail. It's just how much, mm-hmm. right? So I always talk about giving guys freedom within a box, right? So you have freedom within this backyard. You get like my, again, we talk about this with like dogs, right? I'm going to give you free roam. You can roam throughout the entire house or I'm going to give you the, uh, the freedom to run around in this backyard and you can do whatever you want in this backyard or whatever, right? Yeah. And I give them the freedom of, you know what? He might chew up the bushes. Maybe he might do this. But again, he's not chewing up the neighbor's bushes. Yeah. Right. So I think it's, again, you you can, when you're empowering others, even players, right? Like I send the guy to go grab something out of the shed, Mm -hmm. right? I'm giving him the freedom to make a mistake and grab the wrong tool or whatever out of the shed. Yeah. Right. I'm giving him the power and I'm empowering him to make a mistake. He can make a mistake. It's, and I know that if he makes a mistake right now, it's okay. Now, what I'm not doing is maybe someone's having a heart attack and I'm saying, Hey, go grab that AED out of the thing you know, inside the shed and he comes back with (laughs) the wrong thing, right? It's understanding the system. It's understanding, again, the failure at what level and, you know, empowering people at the right time for whatever, right? So I think that's a very big thing there is that there is things that you, in any system, no matter where, that you start small, right? You you allow them to make mistakes within a a certain boundary, within a certain area, right? I, I allow recruiters, right, lower level coaches to go out and recruit players, Maybe even two. I've allowed, I know I have coaches that have had their players go and recruit players. Yeah. Right. And you give them the ability where, again, maybe if he makes the mistake, maybe again, maybe that's not your top recruit, right? Where if it doesn't work out, then whatever. But again, maybe you're setting up to be one of your assistants next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are all situations. And I think that's the thing is that when you're actually giving empowering others, is that you always got to start that there is something you could give them. Right. There's something you could give them that could be okay if they messed up. Yeah. And it's a learning opportunity for them. And then you keep giving them bigger and bigger tasks mm-hmm. until again, you're, you're empowering them to make mistakes and then you figure out they might stay at it. It's not, and it's not going to be linear, right? Yeah. They're not going to always get things right. Sometimes they're going to mess up and you got to understand, maybe go backwards, take a little responsibility away. Maybe they have to mature a little bit before they can handle this next step. You know, more, more players, more um, responsibilities. Right. But I, 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 I don't think that anybody's in a place where they can't allow their pl- anybody to fail at all. Yeah. Right. There is a capacity of like, you know, I can give you a little, go get coffee. Yeah. Right. There's things like that of being like, okay, if you forget one sugar today, you know, we'll talk about it. But, you know, yeah. again, I'm empowering them to like 
make a mistake. And that's, it starts with little responsibilities like that and going all the way up, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, that's a really important point. Like when you're, we're, you know, developing in that, that sense. Yeah. And I think that, I think that one reason a lot of baseball players develop and have a sense of ownership and empowerment in general, because the game of baseball empowers you if yeah. you allow it to. It's, it's, it's a game, a large game of failure. Yep. Um, and a lot of the great coaches allow you to take ownership. It's your career, right? I always had that conversation with my players. Like, I'm not going to dictate and delegate stuff to you. It's 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 your ownership. You you go as far as you want to go. I'm I'm like I'm like the roadmap, right? Like I know you I know where you want to go, and I'll detour you back to where it is. But at the end of the day, it's your career, and it's, you need to take ownership and empowerment in that process. Um, you say you give constraints within a box, which I 100% agree with. At what point do you? I'm sure you had to deal with this at like Planet Fitness. At what point do you start to consider people for bigger positions or bigger roles or see that development kind of come to fruition and say, hey, this guy might have what it takes to, you know, be yeah. some good? That was a good question. I, I think you go back to the, the original question. Uh, I mean, the original principle of leadership is purely influence. Nothing less, nothing more. It's influence. Someone can be a leader without the title, mm-hmm. right? So I think when someone already has the influence, slapping a title is just, again, a promotion. But mm-hmm. everybody already sees them as such. And that isn't always the case. A lot of times, sometimes you got to give somebody the position until they, then they step up. Yeah. You know, that they, they use that as a platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in that same right, that it, I think when it's an easy slam dunk, is when that person already has the influence and they're already acting out that role. They just haven't been named in that title, yeah. right? So, I mean, and that and that's uh, for example, it's like a team captain. Coaches can relate in that way. When you when you can always tell someone that has influence that when that person talks, the whole group listens. Yeah. Right. When that person's up and happy, right? The whole group's up yeah. and happy, yeah, they, right? They, they have a presence about They them. have a presence about them. Now, it also, this is where people mistake. Some people think that leaders are only, um, you know, leading people in a positive direction, right? We say this, <laughs> we say this a lot and we're just talking through this is that the guy on your team that you consider a cancer is also a leader. Yeah. He has influence. Yep. People follow him. Now, he might not be leading them where you want them to lead him, but he does have influence. And that's very important for us to recognize that it's not just one way. Again, remember, leadership is influence. Nothing less, nothing more. And so when we understand that that capacity, first that gives us a better definition of what our better understanding of what leadership is. But also it helps us recognize those leaders because I would say more often than not, and people don't like to think this way, that a lot of times that cancer on their team is a leader that's just waiting, you know, like already there. They already have influence. Again, just understanding how to utilize that influence and get that to work in your direction and where you want things to head. Um, you know, and I think that's a that's a big um, misunderstanding when it comes to that side of things as well. Yeah. You said influence, which obviously that's a crucial and necessary thing for leadership. One point we had down on the outline was getting um, the attention off of yourself. If I have influence, and I think this is kind of where that line taters between good influence and negative influence as far as like 
it being about me versus me being about the team. Um, when you consider that, how do you try to go about using your leadership in a positive way and empowering others versus just an ego stroker? Yeah. Because I mean, for- especially today, I think that happens a lot with social media and um, the social media influencers. I know it's a different influence, but at the same time, yeah, some, pe- some people might get those, yeah. uh, you know. Well, I mean, let's start here. I, I've talked about this before, is that, and we've talked about the ego before in other episodes. First off, every leader has an ego. Yeah. First off, every human every, has an yeah. ego. Let's start there, right? But it does take a little arrogance of course, to lead a group. First off, it, it's hard to get one person to agree with you and do and run in the same direction that you want to run, 100%. let alone a large group of people yeah. to do that. It takes a little arrogance to think that you could do that, yeah. right? So it takes a little naive yeah. in you to think that you can do that and lead a group of individuals. I mean, it's again, it's like, and the higher you go up, especially too, when you're leading leaders, mm-hmm. right? When you're leading a group of leaders or leading other coaches, which is what leaders are doing, what coaches, head coaches are doing. They're leading leaders, mm-hmm. right? That's like trying to herd cats. They're all running their own direction, mm-hmm. right? They all want to run their own direction. They all want to be leaders. They all, that's what a leader is, right? They want to take ownership. They want to uh, cast direction. They want to, they, they want to lead. Yeah. Right. So again, you can kind of be victims of your own success there as you're breeding leaders, right? That's something to keep in mind and maybe something we talk about later, uh, later on. But that's a really big thing is just that understanding that, um, is that, that, that's a big part, right? And, and understanding that there is an ego there and we just got to, we're walking a very fine line, mm-hmm. right? Um, you are a big part of the success of your, the success of your team. Yeah. Leadership's very important. You could have the greatest team. You could have all of these guys, but if you don't have leaders and coaches know, listen to this, they've had great teams with no leadership. Yeah. And they know how far that they can, that can get, that can win you some games. Yep. Talent can win you some games, but you definitely need leadership to win championships. Yeah, right. And so, and again, um, I think when you look at that is again, leadership is, is it, obviously crucial in that way. So I think there is a fine line of that. Now, what you're speaking to as well is that a big part of that is the greatest leaders are, are servant leaders, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, servant leaders, it, it, it has to be about the group, right? And that's, that's when you want to walk up that influence ladder per se, right? When leader, a leader's main job is to make his team, right? Or his followers, right? Or his peers, however you want to view it, whatever word, mm-hmm. feel safe, yeah, right? That the leader is going to take care of them. Yep. That the leader is looking after them. The leader wants them to succeed. The leader has their back, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you can lead to certain capacities, right, without having that rapport with your your people, right? But again, the highest levels of leadership and the highest levels of influence, again, let's not mistake that, is that your ability for them to trust you and have that rapport and relationship with you that they're willing. Again, everybody's had that one person in their life. We call them level five leaders in the Maxwell group is that these are leaders. These are leaders that, you know, the guys that you'll run through a wall for, right. That you'll do anything for. If he said, do this, do that, no matter what it is, you know, fire drill, whatever, you know, whatever he needs you to do, no matter what it was, you would do it. You wouldn't even need to understand. And again, that goes back to that, my, my favorite quote from the matrix, right? That, um, at one point 
they're they're sitting there and understanding that that comprehension isn't a pre- uh, prerequisite for cooperation, mm-hmm. right? And great leaders get people to cooperate, mm-hmm. even if they don't understand, right? Even if they don't know why the leader is directing them in that path, and that's because they trust them. They trust the decision making. They know that they don't need to understand. They trust what they've done for the organization in the past. They trust what they've done for them in the past, right? And they trust that they're headed in the right direction no matter what. And that's all goes up that chain of, of influence where, again, the capacity for leadership goes up. Yep. The fuel that allows that engine to run is the people. Um, I was listening to Tim Corbin's podcast with Sheets on Stick and Ball TV. And it's interesting because whenever you hear uh, the best leaders talk, the only time they really ever talk about themselves is how they're developing themselves mm. and how they're developing, developing themselves to lead others and gain influence with the people around them. Yeah, that's a good. Point. Um, I think it's, I think we get so caught up and like, we have to know everything yeah. instead of we have to connect with everyone around us. Right. Yeah. And I think that can limit our leadership capacity because we're so mm. worried about our knowledge capacity. Well, I think, I think side note on that though, is that, Obviously, as a leader, I think it, it isn't important for you to be a base of knowledge. Of course. Right? Yeah. It is important there. So, again, don't hear what yeah. I'm not yeah. saying yeah. there. Yeah. Right? There, it is important for you to have a base of knowledge. But a, a one way to build your base of knowledge is, again, by connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you have to have a higher scope than everybody that you're leading. Yeah. Right? You have to be able to see how all of it works together towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can see all of it and have that scope is by interacting with your people and connecting with your people. But again, like you said, that a lot of times a lot of leaders are afraid to say that I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Right? Or they feel like they always have to have the answer. Mm-hmm. Right? And they can't just say, I don't know. Like, you know, what do you think? Yeah. Right? So I think that's a big the big piece. Especially if, if knowledge is one of your base pillars, you're going to be in trouble. Because there's always going to be somebody smarter than you. You're always going to want to defend yourself. You're always going to be a little bit insecure. Where if you can have humble and empathy and humility, then I think that can overcome some of that knowledge and that insecurity. So um, I definitely don't want to say the wrong message, but I also think that's an important piece that a lot of Agreed. people uh, overlook when they're th- talking about leadership. Um, Agreed. One thing that we always talk about as well, and uh, a lot of the great leaders talk about this, is like the legacy they want to leave behind. Yep. Um, that drives a lot of people, and I think it's important to... Um, talk about that, especially for people that are trying to maybe climb that scale. They're, they're gaining more influence. They're trying to push over the top. Um, why don't you open up uh, some of the legacy aspect of leadership? Well, yeah, that's, so that's another piece of how do we lead when we don't feel like it, mm-hmm. right? Well, again, it's getting the focus off of yourself, right? Um, focusing on why you started in the beginning, right? It's, it's, it's some of these concepts that we've talked through. But a big piece, all of these things are also tied back to what do we want our legacy to be as a leader, yeah. right? Are we, when we look back at like guys, I think one of his famous lines, right? So Revisa or Revisa, right? Um, when we look back in one of his things, is said, are you that poor of a competitor that you can only compete when you feel good? Mm-hmm. And leadership's the same way, right? Are you that poor of a leader that you can only lead when you feel like it? Right. And I think that kind of leads to that other part that we'll talk about here in a minute, but it's just understanding that your legacy, right, is, 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 and that's the whole point of being a servant, that it's not about you. 
right? It's not about when you feel good. It's not about when you feel like leading, when you feel like coaching, when it, you know, when it's 3 a.m. and you're getting a phone call because one of your players did something stupid. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you when you're snuggled up with the wife and the honey at home that, you know, you don't want to instantly pop out of bed, you know, head down to the, you know, police department or whatever that is and, you know, hash this out. Maybe the kid's got something going on, his, his um, you know, someone in his family has got something going on and, you know, you might have to spend up all night talking to him. You know, like there's a lot of times where you might not feel like you might have had a tough week, you might have traveled, you guys might have worked, you know, 80 hours that week and, you know, you're tapped. You're just happy to be back with the wife and laying down and the kids decided to go out and party or, you know, like that's the biggest part of like servant leadership there that it's not about you and you really want to be, again, were you there when they needed you to be there um, when you felt like it or not. And I think that's a big, that's a big piece there, especially looking at the, 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 and I think, you know, Sheets talks about that quite a bit is that you're selling as a coach or as a leader, right? Every single day you're selling tickets to your funeral, right? That's one thing that he talks about. And we talked about that on the podcast that we had him back on a while back ago. Yeah. Um, and selling tickets to your funeral. Absolutely. I think about, uh, I don't know if you saw the article ESPN did with Stephen A. Smith. Uh-oh. Um, he was talking about his legacy and kind of what drives him. And he mentioned that as well, like the big legacy. But something that stood out to me was the line he said, every time I walk out the door, I know I'm representing my wife, my kids, my name, and ESPN. Like his legacy is much larger in such a broad scope that that fuels him to focus on the micro, right? That larger legacy of the people that he can influence the most oftentimes are the ones that are closest to you. Um, and by doing that, it just projects onto other people. Um, but no, I, I, I definitely like the, the sheets line. When you talk legacy and personally you, um, what does that mean to you exactly though? Like, I, I, I think legacy is something that's thrown around a yeah. lot. It's, it's like a abstract thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously you'll never, you'll never know. Because it'll live long past you if you actually left a legacy. For sure. <laughs> but what do you think that actually looks like and how many people do you think actually get there? Well, I think everybody has a legacy. It's being built if you're paying attention to it or not. Hmm. Right? People will remember you one way or another. Right? How long you're remembered for sure. Hmm. Right? And how many generations that goes for. Again, you look at leaders like MLK, right? That's a different level. Or, you know, a lot of people, a large amount of people are still talking about MLK, right? Yep. That's why we have a holiday. So understanding that is that your, your legacy, everybody has a legacy. Yeah. You know, how long it lives for, how people remember you. You know, I think it's that old line of people remember, people will remember, you know, how you made them feel much more than, you know, what, what you said. Right, they're gonna remember how you made them feel, and I think that's a big part. Absolutely, and and guys, uh, more than anything, Joy and I wanted to dive into this and open up, um, kind of provoke some thoughts within you guys, especially as we transition into a new season and uh, move forward into that spring season. Uh, give you guys some evaluations to assess and kind of take a step back and, and view the macro lens and see where we might need to make some adjustments and where we might need to um, fill those blind spots, like we've talked about several times on the podcast. So. Um, let us know your feedback, uh, reach out to people around you and see maybe where you can improve. If there's anything Joey and I can do to uh, speed up that process, we're always open ears. But so, uh, I'm excited to hear your feedback on the episode. Yep. And guys, make sure to check out them farm boards. <laughs> they sold pretty quick. Um, but we have some more coming as well. Um, so make sure to, uh, keep your eye out for that. 
Um, take your take your way over to the system.farm, whole bunch of resources you got on there, the premium membership, which has a whole bunch of breakdowns of, uh, you know, a bunch of things that you know, uh, that Bo talked about at the beginning of the show as well. But again, a lot of drills, a lot of things on there with farm board and, and things that will continue to progress as we continue to go forward. But from us and our partners over at Baseball Cloud, until next time, farm system out.